what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Bean Town Podcast for Friday, June 10th, 4.30 in the afternoon. Work is over. Like when Hawk Harrelson would say it after the end of a White Sox win, this game is over. Hawk Harrelson, I always, I always hated growing up because we were just kind of like taught to not taught, but just my dad being a Twins fan, I was always like, oh, God, the White Sox. I hate the Sox. And I still kind of feel they're a little, like, chippy at times. But Hawk Harrelson, I mean, in the grand scheme of broadcasters and just total kind of terrible homers, I mean, he's pretty high up there. I feel like most people I know who are even diehard White Sox fans are kind of like, oh, yeah, Hawk's, Hawk's you know, a classic, but it's kind of like, eh can only take so much of them you don't feel that way about you know like pat hughes or something like i i could listen to pat hughes narrate the scott farrell audiobook and i think that baby would get a pulitzer anyways my name is quint Furness. this is my show thanks for tuning in we are coming to you live it's a friday afternoon works over busy busy time at work uh, this time of year but we're pulling through and glad it's the weekend hello to my friends in uh in karachi in Hyderabad, in the Khyber Pass, Pakistan, good to see you. What's going on? Uh, I was reading about Kuwait this morning, just kind of randomly, because I was working on a file from Kuwait. Kuwait's not that close to Pakistan, but you know what? When you live in Chicago, everything else is kind of, you know, you look over there on the globe, you know, it's just, you know, a little half, half a finger away. So it's really not so bad. Um, this is uh, one of the top 500 podcasts in Chicago, and we are the 112th ranked comedy podcast in Pakistan. And we got a lot going on today. There's there's a lot on the lineup. In fact, I had something that I wanted to do that I decided to just push off until you know next week, week after, or something like that. Uh, what, next week will be Father's Day, which is pretty exciting. You're probably out there wondering, gosh, Quinn really dropped the ball in the Father's Day song last year. What's he going to do this year? Uh, I'm glad you reminded me because this is the first time I thought about it. I don't know. Maybe that will become a relic of the past. Who knows? We'll see. I I, I literally dug the piano out um, two days ago. You know, I moved, and uh, the apartment is pretty much like I haven't you know, really done much with the apartment uh, in the last week or so because I'm kind of in that in between stage where Rachel's going to be moving in in a month and change, and uh, I just don't want to like take up the whole space. So there's some stuff in boxes for now. We'll get it figured out. I probably got, uh, let's see, I got one, two, three, three boxes here in the living room that still have a couple of random things in them. One box in the, uh, in the, in the, in my bedroom, which is a lot of like coats and sweaters and stuff. And then one more box in the kitchen, uh, two maybe, but I think it's mostly just like coats and stuff. Anyways, it's not that interesting. We'll get it figured out. But I did, uh, I, so I unpacked the piano. So I've been playing that last couple of days. Nice to have it back after about two weeks off. And uh, just, I was, I, you know, I had looked for it on a couple different occasions. I felt like I was going crazy trying to figure out where it was because I had gotten uh, some whiskey from my brother and, and Nicole, Jack and Nicole, for uh, my, my birthday, you know, three months ago. And I, it took me a long time to get to it because I was first working on some scotch from Christmas, I think. And then I was working on uh, some some whiskey that I was randomly gifted by my partner's boss, who I've never met. But 
hey, whiskey is whiskey, you know? And so by the time I got my birthday present from Jack and Nicole, it was like third in the lineup um, or in the pecking order. But it's delicious. I think Dovetail is what it is. It's it's really good. And uh, we're going to, you know, it's a new three-second segment here on the Beantown Podcast. You know how in weddings they do the first look, which I didn't really know was a thing until recently. I don't – okay. We, we Everything's got to have a fun name, a fun label. Everything's got to be a thing at a wedding. Anyways, this is not the first look. This is the first sip because this is the first sip of whiskey I've had in like two weeks, so – First sip here on the Beantown Podcast. Ah, it's delicious. I tell you what, man. There's nothing nothing better than a little sip of whiskey on a summer day. I got a, we got, so we don't, I don't have much of a, you know, like back deck porch space here. Because it's kind of just like a stairwell. But there is enough space where we could, we could, you know, pull out, I mean, I could get like a, couple lawn chairs or i could just pull out some chairs from here in the apartment because i got a couple random ones <coughs> excuse me um me back in rogers park i had a decent amount of, of room i didn't never used it a ton but i would use it here and there just the backspace uh for like haircut sipping whiskey and then didn't have any sort of backspace whatsoever uh down on diversity there i literally had my that's my first no that's not true and i lived in baltimore it was that way too but I had just one door in, one door out. There was no back door. <coughs> Excuse me, none of that. And I apologize for coughing. I don't know how this is going to go, honestly. Um, I don't know if it's COVID. I don't. I don't know what's going on. But really bad coughing. I've. I, I've just like not a person who has issues with coughing, or when I get sick, has coughing be a symptom. Uh, coughing. K-O-F-F-I-N-G. It's a poison Pokemon from Gen 1. Evolves into wheezing, which I don't think I've ever used. Where do you even get a coughing in Gen 1? I feel like I was just not on the podcast, but I think I was thinking about this or talking about this the other day. Like, I've definitely never... I mean, who uses poison Pokemon in general? I mean, you're either doing... You get bug Pokemon early on, which in my mind, it always felt weird that bug and poison were different Pokemon, even though they are very different in terms of like their looks and when you encounter them in the game. I guess I just lumped them together in my mind because I feel like, hey, you fight a Weedle early on. He uses poison sting. You get poisoned. You know, that's the first five minutes of the game. And so in my mind, it was always like, okay, Weedle is a bug and a poison Pokemon, which he probably is a dual type. But... They're both just completely worthless in Gen One. I, I can't speak for you know Gen Four and onwards, but you know who? No one. No one's showing up for their Pokemon League run with a bunch of poison Pokemon. I mean, what's even? You basically got coughing, wheezing. Then you have Grimer and Muck, and I mean, are there any other good poison Pokemon? Is Venomoth poison? I don't know. I don't think Venomoth's actually that good because you can get like Psychic. And that's about it. Maybe sleep powder. We're digressing a little bit here. Yes, I've had a cough for the last five or six days or so. Um, it usually is lately, like the last three days, it's been not that bad during the day unless I have to talk a lot. Yesterday was a struggle. A lot of talking yesterday. Big event. A lot of socialization. Kickball after, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, and so, yeah, last night was miserable. I didn't end up falling asleep till after two because uh, I just couldn't. I couldn't. It was just 
coughing so much. I eventually woke up, uh, not woke up. I got up, um, in the middle of the night and, uh, took a spoonful of honey. Cause I was just, that's what it came down to. And eventually I was able to fall asleep, slept for like five, five ish hours. Looking forward to a bigger sleep tonight for sure. I'm not, I'm not, you know, back in grad school, I was getting like three to five hours a night and that was normal. But man, since, since working full time, I am a seven, usually eight hours a night person. And that's just my norm. That's my standard. So when I don't get that, I, I, not that I turn into a crab cake or anything, I'm just not used to it. So I'm feeling, I'm still feeling good right now, but I think I'm going to crash eventually. Uh, I wanted to mention uh big kickball debut last night. Oh, and the other thing. So coughing a lot. I also, and it, my voice I think sounds pretty good now, but boy, last night, um, after our game and then after, you know, just like talking at a bar, a very, it was the worst, worst of all worlds, a super loud bar. I was, you know, anytime I try to speak, I'll just start coughing. So you're trying to like project and be loud over the at a table with, you know, 12 people, our kickball team. So my voice was just shot last night. I should have recorded a Louis Armstrong jazz cover. But I survived. And our kickball team, honestly, our, our competition wasn't, uh, wasn't like terribly fierce. And it was probably just as many females as guys, which not to put down females, but, you know, they don't tend to kick it as far. Uh, that's just sort of just sort of, you know, how it goes typically. But what I wanted to say here before I get into all sorts of sexist trouble is uh, we had a really solid, really clean game. Uh, we won 5-1, seven innings, which is a full game. Uh, and I realized you, you kind of, I, I never played organized kickball before in like a social league, uh, but you kind of, you, you kind of figure it out sort of the dynamics of the game pretty quickly. There's 10 people in the field. Um, and these are just the kickballs just don't go very far, to be honest. I think, you know, probably these ones were a little bit less inflated than, you know, prof- what the professionals use. But, man, when you got 10 in the field, so you're literally playing a normal infield and then four outfielders, there is just nowhere to put that ball. And you really have to rely on either the perfect strike and trying to, you know, launch it over someone's head or just kind of playing, trying to play small ball and, like, kick it on the infield, hoping you get a bad throw, that sort of thing. Um, So we, we kind of had a combination of all that stuff. And it ended up winning five uh, one, I think, was the final score. Maybe you know five two, I think. But I was really proud of the team. You know, really solid defense. No stupid, you know, just like terrible decisions. Everyone was calm, cool, collected. Uh, and yeah, that offense. I mean, we uh, for the most part really smart on the base paths. That that's what a lot of this comes down to. Because for the most part, from what I can tell, to to score a decent amount of runs. Because it wasn't as if. Five felt like nothing. Five felt like a pretty good accomplishment, honestly. Um, and so it's a, it's a lot of small ball. You're going to have to be smart on the base pass. You're going to have to know the rules. Uh, you're going to have to know when to be aggressive, basically, which ended up happening. We we had a uh, our MVP last night hit a two-run bomb in the first inning. And uh, it should should have been a triple. The ball was basically on the infield excuse me by the time he he hit third base but he just said f it let's keep going uh 
I don't. Did we do our listener discretion is advised? I don't think so. Uh, listener discretion is advised when you're listening to Bean Town Podcast. Number one's podcast objective, objectively terrible. Ejectively terrible, I think is what I said. Number two, occasionally some language. So he said, fuck it. I'm going home. And he did. And it worked. So, um, yeah, it's I mean, not that different from, you know, real baseball. Like, if there's two outs, yeah, you probably go for it. If there's nobody out and you, you're at third thinking, should I test the arm and go home? No, with no one out, it's pretty easy to get a manufacturer run. You know, these base paths are like 50 feet apart. So got to be smart. And we were last night. I was proud of the team. I took a fun picture. 1-0, baby. Um, so, yeah, it was fun. I, I hadn't played organized kickball in a long time. I hadn't played an organized team sport in a long time, man. I played um, intramurals all the time in college. Probably, I don't remember if we ever had kickball in college. Definitely soccer, uh, flag football, basketball, and softball. Played a lot of softball in college. And then I played uh, two summers, I think, of softball. In Baltimore, or maybe just one, I don't, it was one or two. And then uh, one year of basketball as well when I lived in Baltimore, which is just a total nightmare. I tell you what, man, the one person, I, I, I actually am still like connected to a couple of the basketball people on like Instagram and stuff, but you know, we don't talk, whatever. But there was one person who I actually like, a, a, a lady who I like hung out with a decent amount um, outside of, um, the, you know, outside of the basketball games, never anything like romantic or anything like that. Just, you know, platonic, which I was, you know, all over because it's hard to make friends in a new city, but she turned out to be, I don't even, it's a very unique kind of, um, very unique kind of like weirdo, I guess. I'm not sure how to describe it. She's not a mega person. She's, I, I, I don't know her, her big thing. I think I'm, I think I'm Facebook friends with her is how I see all this stuff. I don't think I'm connected with her anywhere else, but she is all over being eating red meat for like every meal. So yeah, that, I mean, that's probably a new one for you. So definitely a new one for me. All her Facebook stuff are like, you know, these shared posts and it's like the nine hidden benefits of eating meat at every meal. That's one I've never seen before. You know, the woke thing is to be, like, gluten-free, you know, vegan, or, like, you know, pack on these chia seeds or something. It's really strange to see posts that are, like, here's why you should be eating half a steak with every meal. That's just, I, that's a new one. And I haven't, I haven't seen that anywhere else. I don't know what that comes from. It's its own little weird kind of section of the world. So, Yeah. I don't engage with any of her stuff because it's like, what am I going to say? But anyways. Oh, and there was this other guy who was on one of the softball teams, Nate. And uh, I actually, like, I, I never really hung out with him much outside of the softball game. But we would, like, chat. He was, he was, seemed like a nice kid. We did actually go. No, he was a, he was a basketball guy also. Um, we actually went to <laughs> a game at Camden Yards in, like, the seventh inning. He bought he bought us both tickets after a game. We went like there were literally like three innings uh, left in this game, and we just went and hung out. It was kind of strange, but he gave me a ride home. So it was <laughs> actually we got in the car. He was giving me a ride home. And he was like, "Hey, do you want to go to Camden Yards?" And I was like, "I mean, the game's almost over, right?" And he was like, "Yeah, but we could just go on the way home." And I was like, "Okay," and we did. And uh, 
the reason I mentioned him is he, it's like a year ago maybe, he sent me some sort of really bizarre message. I don't know if he was asking for money or like a crypto bro or what it was, but it was really bizarre. And I think that was on Snapchat. And then he got really offended or something like that. He started sending me, I don't know if this guy was like mentally ill or unwell or something, but he started sending me all this just really nasty stuff uh, on Snapchat. And I was just like, okay. It was it was a fun surface level friendship for the two months that we had it. So, anyways, rest in peace, Nate. I don't. I I hope you found something cool to do with your life. Um, speaking of you know like crypto bros, uh, I had a great idea, um, and I think I think you guys are gonna like it. I'm gonna have to um, I'm gonna have to figure out exactly what it means in nft here but i i love it i think it's a great opportunity bean town nft non-fungible token yeah you're you're saying i've heard of nfts it kind of seems stupid and silly and like very fake and not necessary and i I hear you saying that, and I'm thinking, aren't you just kind of describing the Beantown podcast? I mean, this is episode, what, 231, and we've had maybe five minutes worth of worth of substance in, um, gosh, we're probably around 200 hours of content. So it seems like a perfect match, a perfect fit. Anyways, just throwing it out there, it's an idea we're going to circle back to, but an NFT is just like... <clears throat> a digital image that someone owns, right? Even though it's silly because, like, couldn't you just screenshot it and put it on Google Images? Again, I don't I don't understand it. I don't get it. It's It makes zero, I, I see zero appeal in it. But I'm all, you know, here at the Beantown Podcast, we're all about just riding the wave, you know? Coasting off of other people's pioneerism, P-I-O. N-E-E-R-I-S-M. Speaking of spelling, if you haven't done the Wordle yet for Friday, June 10th, and you're listening to this, don't listen to this. But um, Or you can just pause it, play the Wordle. It, it might take you five minutes like it took me. Um, but you can just do it and come back to the show. I don't even remember what it was, though. Oh, piety. Which is, I think, I think like a word I've never actually seen in my life. And I had to look it up after I finally got it, which was on guess six. I had it to where I had the P-I-E blank Y. And I was like, what on earth is this word? And when I just started to like sound it out after I got it, I was like, okay, I'm guessing this is what that means. And it was. But man, it's who whoever, I you know, pious is a great word. But, and I don't, like we'd have to get mom of, of the podcast here, you know, on the show to kind of break down the, parts of speech and all that stuff and how you would actually use piety in day-to-day life. But I, I, I'll use pious here and there once a month, P-I-O-U-S. But when, what, how would I, I don't even know how to make a sentence where you get that variation of pious that's piety, piety, P-N-E, coal, canary in the coal mine. So yeah, Beantown NFT, maybe it'll be, maybe something to do with piousness. Is piousness the same as piety? Is piousness not a word in, in pi, piety? P, piety? 
Petrie from Land Before Time. Petrie, which one was that, right? Because there's Petrie and Ducky. One of them was like a green little thing. The other one's a pterodactyl. Is that right? Is, is Petrie's the pterodactyl? Ducky's the little green guy? Ducky's the one who had the was voiced by the child actor who got murdered by her dad, which is really sad. So that kind of sucks. Rest in peace, Ducky. Uh, one other thing I wanted to get to here, another big idea. This isn't a big idea show, but I a lot of creativity kind of struck like a lightning bolt this week, and I just wanted to share it with you all. There's a lot. This is a, this is a dense Bean Town podcast. There's a lot going on. We haven't even gotten to Tom Cruise yet, and that's the focal point of this show. One other big idea I had. You all know the Smurfs. You love them. They're blue. They're little. Katy Perry voiced Sissy Smurf or Mama Smurf or Milf Smurf in one of those movies. I don't know. But what about a spinoff or just a sequel or something fun called Smurf and Turf? And here's what I love about this. You could take that so many different ways. So Smurf and Turf, it could be a a football picture, a, a movie. You know, you got the turf aspect. It could be uh, a kit, like a ratatouille sort of thing where the little Smurfs sit underneath the chef's hat. Chef's hat. And they're, you know, they're out there making, uh, well, certainly Smurf and turf, but uh, surf and turf also. Um, th- those were the two options, the two ways that I could see it going that I thought of. And uh, I can't think of anything else right now. But Smurf and turf, the movie... Could be a musical too. I don't know. It seems it seems exciting. Smurf and turf. Uh, per her request, I want to give a shout out to hashtag girlfriend and lover of the podcast Rachie Ramos, who explicitly texted me at Trader Joe saying, "Give me a shout out and let everyone know how much you love me." And then also, did you get a dessert? I'm kind of eyeing these tangerine bars and a picture of tangerine bars. So. I, is, the words out or, or the verdict is out on the tangerine bars. No idea if that's happening or not. I also got a bunt cake from Jewel Osco. And those Jewel Osco bakery prices are ridiculous, man. I mean, I know inflation is hitting us all hard, but it's kind of kind of ridiculous how uh, how how expensive that bakery is. Things that should be like three four bucks are like six seven bucks, and it's like. You know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to find something better. Okay. I want to give a uh, quick shout out to our sponsors then we're going to hear from a, about a new exciting right on cue segment and then we're going to jump into our Tom Cruise films. Uh so thank you to all who have supported the show our listeners of course, but then certainly our corporate sponsors. Uh Home Pride Oregon. Guys, don't forget Father's Day coming up soon here. What better way to gift uh, your dad a gift than gift him a gift? I'm a wordsmith, folks. Uh, then with a, 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 a home inspection from my good friend and, and father of the show, Steve Furness, Home Pride Oregon, it's quality over quantity, but there's quantity too. Really a best of both worlds, Hannah Montana sort of situation. 541-410-0316 for a, a easy, a free consultation, maybe. I don't know. I'm not at liberty to say that. I was not authorized really to... I was never authorized to really do ad reads for Home Pride Oregon in general. I've just been sort of doing free advertising until we get a cease and desist letter. You know who the White Sox pitcher, Dylan Cease, he got rocked by the Yankees last night. 
um, or no, not the Yankees, the uh, Dodgers, the Yankees of the West Coast. He needs a podcast called Cease and Desist. I'm full of ideas here today on the Beantown Podcast, and only half a whiskey in. That's the thing. Imagine when I get when I get into that bottle of uh, the Ricketts family Chardonnay I bought. It's not Ricketts family. It's uh, the Coppolas, Coppolas, Francis Ford, Shelly Ann, Delilah Coppola. What's the what's the daughter's name? Susan Sarandon, Sophia, Sophie, S Train. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, but. In all seriousness, Home Pride Oregon, Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider. Go to homeprideoregon.com and check it out today. Also, our good friends at the uh, Samson Q2U series. Man, this whole show, 25 minutes in, one thing you're saying, boy, that audio sure sounds crisp and clear. Well, that's th- that's thanks to our new friends at Samson uh, who are not new, but still, it's you know you want to say it to keep things fresh. When God speaks, he uses a Samson. And, of course, our good friends, the Cuts by Q. Just Cuts by Q, not the Cuts by Q. When you need a fresh do something snappy and you, you have to call the experts at Cuts by Q. Okay, let's, let's dig into the archives here. It's not an archive. It's a new one. I recorded it 30 minutes ago. Let's find our newest uh, uh, ad for an exciting new segment that we've got going on here at the Beantown Podcast across Beantown Networks. Let's uh, check it out. Next time on Bright on Q, Obi-Wan Kenobi squares off against Darth Vader 15 years later. Stranger Things Season 4 takes Netflix by storm. And Chippendale Rescue Rangers comes to Disney+. Plus. Is the best picture race already over? Next time on Right on Q. All right, that's going to be pretty exciting. And it's worth noting that... Uh, Chip and Neil Rescue Ranger has been on Disney Plus for like a month now, so a little behind there. I haven't, I haven't even like considered checking out Stranger Things season four. I think eventually, eventually it will, or eventually it'll just become one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, I forgot that that happened. Um, in fact, I forgot that that it happened so much that I recently, um. I just finished the We Own the City, the spiritual sequel to The Wire, uh, HBO show, six-part miniseries about the Baltimore uh, PD police corruption scandal uh, from five years ago, three years ago, four years ago, five years ago. Um, And I literally started a new show right after, you know, two, three days ago. And I never even, Stranger Things season four never even crossed my mind. I think I'm just over it at this point. I think it's the novelty's kind of worn off. I'm not that interested in it. It's not that, it's just not that like thrilling or compelling to me. I don't feel like anything's really at stake. Um, and the characters are just kind of like, as they're getting older, I'm just don't care that much. I don't know. <coughs> I've heard season four is good, but I don't know. TBD. So I started watching Deadwood, which uh, is, you know, considered by many to be one of the greatest shows of all time three seasons on HBO Max. I'm not a big, like, historical Western kind of person, but, I mean, the cast is loaded. It's it's one of the greatest casts of all time. Um, and I could I could watch Timothy Oliphant, like, act, do whatever he wants for hours on screen. I love Justified. Even though, again, that's not, like, that's not my 
exact type of show. It was great. I loved it. Um, Ian McShane, who I never really see, and I think he he does a lot of like theater stuff, but he's spectacular. And uh, John Hawks, of course. There's there's so much going on, and so many actors that are like you know people who I don't know their names, but they've been in so many great shows, like the guy from uh, uh, Pushing Daisies, who is also in Justified. Uh, he's probably in The Shield at some point. He's in it. And then uh, the guy who plays Wild Bill Hickok was uh, a very accomplished actor. I, I can't recall his name, but I recalled him from uh, Fargo season one. He plays the, uh, the the cop guy who the, the retired cop owns the diner. Salverson, I think. Lou. Lou Salverson. Anyways, but he plays Bill Hickok. He's great. So yeah, it's uh it's what, thirty six episodes, something like that. So I'm one down, thirty five to go. But people say it's one of the greatest shows of all time. And then of course they made the Deadwood movie like three years ago with the uh original cast coming back. So that's exciting. Uh we're gonna wrap things up today. We we could take this for a full hour. We're not going to because I honestly my voice is starting to give out. I'm starting to cough more. It's just not enjoyable for me. But there's this has been an action packed show. Um Oh, and one thing I wanted to say, we definitely need a Beantown Podcast merch drop for 2022 because so far it's been the uh, even years. Uh, excuse me, that's the that's incorrect. The odd years, even calendar years, but odd years of the show. So 2018, year one, uh, we did our fall tour shirts. 2020, year three, we had those great blue kind of Chicago-themed podcast shirts. Year five, what are we going to have? I don't know, but I just the reason I thought of it is I just pulled a DePaul scarf uh, as I was looking for my whiskey earlier out of a box. It's hanging up right now. And the way it's positioned, it says Demons, but it kind of looked like Beantown um, because I'm reading it sideways. So it made me think maybe a Beantown podcast scarf. I don't know. It could be good. Something to go along with that Beantown NFT, which I think is harder to physically distribute. Uh, okay, so I was thinking about this uh how we wanted to do this power ranking Tom Cruise films. And as, as I was going through his filmography, F I L M O G R A P H Y P H factor. I realized there's no way I can do a full power ranking on Tom Cruise movies. I can't do like a legit power ranking One, he's got so many of them, but two, despite being, you know, his majority of his movies are pretty well like established and known in pop culture. There's so many I haven't seen. And plenty from his, you know, probably from his first 15, 20 movies he made, maybe 10, 15, that I just never even heard of. And they could be good movies. They might not be good movies. I'm not sure. <coughs> but, they're, I, you know, I can't sit here and power rank things that I've never even heard of, uh, which brings me to my next point. There's plenty of other movies in here. We're going to jump into sort of the list that I've created, which is still, gosh, 30 movies, 40 movies. There's a lot. He's a prolific actor. Um, you start to, you, when you think of Tom Cruise, you're like, oh yeah, Tom Cruise, like Mission Impossible, a couple other things. And you realize, you look at the list and the amount of like very famous, very good and impactful movies he's been in is just kind of insane. It's a shame he's such a little Scientology POS. But man, I could I could watch him jump on an Oprah's couch all day. That was... That was one of the craziest forgotten pop culture moments in, in history, and I loved it. 
So there, but but what I was saying here is there's a handful of more than a handful of um, you know of, of Tom Cruise movies that are considered great, and I'm sure they are that I've never even seen, and it's kind of just like I, you know I don't really know how to how to rank that. Um, and there, you know, there's definitely movies that I, on there that I want to see, but it's, it's kind of just like, so what I, what I'm really trying to say here is trying to undertake <coughs> this and do a time. We can't really in good faith call this a Tom Cruise power rankings. I'm just going to be going through his collection really and kind of sharing some of my thoughts and sharing with you. I, I haven't even, that's as far as I planned out. I, I wrote down a list of the ones I actually like could say something about which is still very extensive but i didn't think like okay on here's actually my top 10 and let's rank them in order I'll, I'll 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 give you some favorites as we're going through how about that and rachel's gonna love this because she hates tom cruise so she probably turned it off right about now but at least she heard our right on cue segment that's got to be what our fourth segment fifth segment something like that it's the show's taking off, folks. You're going to want to get in on the ground floor. Thankfully, when it comes to the Beantown podcast, it's the only floor we have, much like my old apartment. Oh, oh I also wanted to mention we did a, a Beantown poll uh, on Instagram about 23 hours ago. Thank you all to, uh, who chimed in for that. It's a shockingly low amount of Instagram views. I would say the majority of my Instagram stories top out at like 110, 120. Uh, this one's at 52 which is kind of bizarre because I feel like posting something on a Thursday night into a Friday for 24 hours is like prime time for uh, you know getting social media views and stuff. But I mean, I don't I don't care about the number. I was just kind of surprised because I thought we would have had more engagement. But we did have four. So first, Rachel said spooked, which was not on the list of uh, the 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 poll question was what's your favorite Tom Cruise movie? So hey, but maybe maybe she can see into the future. Maybe we got a Halloween themed Tom Cruise movie coming out soon. Spooked. Uh, we had another, uh, I'll keep everyone else anonymous, but I wanted to point out that Rachel said that cause she does indeed hate Tom Cruise, but I love her anyways. I kind of hate him too. I just like his movies. Uh, we've got Jerry Maguire hands down, which we'll talk about in a second here. It is a classic. <coughs> I mostly like it for just one scene though. Uh, war of the worlds. I feel like that that's a deep cut. Because it was a big movie at the time, you know, it's Spielberg, people still know what it is. And I feel like most people my age have seen it, but no one, no one's out there like talking about War of the Worlds these days. It's just not really a thing. And then Tropic Thunder, that's a classic. It's a smaller part, but it's really weird. I don't even remember his name in the film. Uh, he dances at the end. It's kind of strange, but uh, it's very crass. It is, it is classic Tom. Anyways, okay, so let's let's jump in. Let me refresh this Instagram, make sure we didn't get anything else. No, that's what it's going to be. Thank you to those who did um, chime in with our Instagram poll. Really appreciate it. Love the engagement. You can always email us, beantownpodcast.yahoo.com. Again, that's beantown, B-E-A-N-T-O-W-N podcast at yahoo.com or visit beantownpodcast.com. <coughs> including our brand new cuts by, uh, uh, not cuts. I, I got to update that. I haven't touched that in two years. Our brand new right on cue segment. There's a lot of cues on the website. It gets confusing. Okay, so I think these, these are ordered top down from oldest to newest. 
And uh, let me just walk you through these movies. So Risky Business. And this is not the first Tom Cruise movie. There's a lot of Tom Cruise movies back in the 80s that I've never, I've never heard of. I can't say anything about it. It's not interesting, you know, airtime. I've seen Risky Business once. I watched it with my mom. I think I was probably like 20. It was on Netflix or something. It was one of those things where it's like it popped up. I don't know anything about Risky Business. I just know the scene. And I don't know if my mom knew what she was getting into either. I think she had seen it. So I don't know really why we watched it. If you don't know Risky Business outside of the Bob Seger scene, basically Tom Cruise is home by himself for the weekend, rich kid, and he hires a bunch of like prostitutes. Things go awry, and there's just, it's just, but it's it's kind of like half thriller, half comedy. So the whole time you're it, ton- it tonally, it's kind of like, am I supposed to be laughing? Am I supposed to be scared? I don't think it's a very good movie, if I'm being completely honest with you. But it is quintessential 80s, and it's, it's you know, the scene is classic. Top Gun. I actually don't like this movie. Oh, and if you're wondering why are we even talking about Tom Cruise movies, it's because we saw Top Gun 2 Maverick, or just Top Gun Maverick. No Sarah Palin appearances, which is disappointing. Or Dirk Nowitzki, for that matter. But that's why, you know, we're, we're giving a little tip of the cap to Tom. Uh, with with his own Beantown podcast episode. I'm not a big Top Gun fan, but I do recognize that it's quintessential 80s. Kenny Loggins, Val Kilmer. I had a roommate in college who was obsessed with this movie. I think he wanted to be part of that volleyball scene. Anyways, uh, Cocktail. I, this is probably one I should have left off the list because I don't know anything about it. But Tom Cruise was in Cocktail. Rain Man. I don't think I've ever sat down and just straight up watched Rain Man. It's a great movie, though. It's an all-time classic. Tom Cruise. That other guy from Midnight Cowboy. Dustin Hoffman. That's his name. Pick Up Sticks. All that good stuff. I don't know why it's called Rain Man. Probably should have watched the movie before trying to talk about it. It's a classic. Uh, okay, now we're getting into uh, a couple others that I've never seen here. Uh, so that's it's going to be great. Born on the 4th of July. All I know is he's a Vietnam vet, a real guy, who I think has passed away now. And he ends up in a wheelchair. There's a great It's Always Sunny parody of it. I don't know if that guy, what's his, his name is like Dennis something. I don't, I don't remember. Was he actually born on the 4th of July? Is it, uh, is it metaphorical because he was a vet? Who knows? Um, so no, I mean, <clears throat> I would if I had watched Rain Man, I would probably tell you to highlight it as a favorite, but I haven't watched it, which is embarrassing. Uh, Days of Thunder—that's another one like Cocktail. I can't really tell you much about, but I think it's got a big cast. Is Days of Thunder the one with Nicole Kidman? I'll have to go check that out. We did not do a lot of research going into this one. Okay, A Few Good Men. That's one that I've seen most of, but it was on a treadmill, and so I was reading the subtitles. Uh, The classic final climactic scene, you can't handle the truth. And then uh, I think this one's from from Few Good Men too, right? You're you're writing checks your body can't cash. That's not Nicholson, though, right? That's, That's like someone else in the military says that. Anyways, great line. I got to use that line more. Or is it your ego? Your ego's right and checks your body can't cash. I don't even know the actual line. Anyways, I think that's a, that's a classic. 
That's an all-time classic. Pencil that in as one of my favorites. Add that to the list. Uh, The Firm. I actually read, I I have not read many books in my life, but I actually read The Firm and then watched the film. I did that with both The Firm and Pelican Brief. The Firm is great. The book, uh, I think, is better than the film. The book, Mitch Mitch McDeer or something like that. He's from, he's like an Ivy League kid. He goes down to Memphis, joins The Firm. I hate in that book, there's the one kind of wrinkle where he like cheats on his wife. With a prostitute that um, the firm like sends to try to get dirt on him to like you know have leverage, but it always just felt really out of character in the film when he actually like goes through with that and sleeps with the lady. It just I don't know it doesn't really work for me. Anyway, the film film's a classic. I don't even remember who else is in that. Is John Voight in the firm? I don't know. There's definitely one or two other famous old white guys who's in who are in that movie. I have to go back and look at it. Stanley Tucci, maybe? Who? Now I got to look this up because I I watched The Firm once, probably in VHS. The Firm. Did they make a TV show out of that, too? I don't know. Um, Who is Gene Hackman? Ed Harris. Ed Harris is is who I thought maybe it was Stanley Tucci. It's Ed Harris. Um, How old would Stanley Tucci be in 1993? Stanley Tucci age and then we subtract 29 years he's 61 oh yeah that could have worked stanley tucci would have been 32 that would have been perfect um but it was in fact ed harris who uh portrays the guy who's like trying to help him the fbi agent and then holly hunter she keeps showing up in uh, succession which we're watching (coughs) okay yeah so and gary Busey. that's i thought maybe it was john voy but it's gary Busey. um yeah eddie lomax that's right. Mitch McDeer, that's actually his name. I'm really proud of myself. When I said it, I knew it was Mitch, but I couldn't remember what his last name was. And when I said Mitch McDeer, I was like, that can't be right. But it was. Okay, another one I haven't seen. And this, we're, we're almost to the end of films I haven't seen. Uh, Interview with a Vampire. I'm just not into the whole vampire thing. You know, totally Team Jacob. So I haven't seen that one. Although it was a, uh, it was a correct response on Jeopardy yesterday. Okay, then now we're getting into it. Mission Impossible, the OG, John Voight. It's a classic. It's so different than the rest of the Mission Impossible films. I love it for that reason. Man, if you watch like any of Mission Impossible starting with 3 onward and then watch the original film, you would be like, what the fuck? It's such a different movie. It's a it's a spy thriller. Whereas the majority of the rest of Mission Impossible film franchise is pretty, uh, and not in a bad way, because it's one of my favorite franchises, but pretty like cardboardy, one big sequence, one big set piece to the next. And I love these movies. They're fantastic. But Mission Impossible the one is not that way at all. Of course, the final train scene, man, what a classic. Okay. Let's check our texts here. Got to give it a little thumbs up. Okay, next we have Jerry Maguire. So this was picked as, oh, put put me down for Mission Impossible OG being one of my favorites. <laughs> Man, this list is long. I'm dying here. We're like a quarter of the way through. Uh, Jerry Maguire, it's kind of cheesy, and I really don't like Renee Zellweger. But hey, man, it's got Jay Moore. 
It's got Jonathan Lipnicki. It's classic 90s. I think. Jerry Maguire 90s, 1990 something. That feels right. If it's Jonathan Lipnicki, it's got to be, right? Show me the money. Rod Tidwell Jr. Oscar winning performance from Cuba. <coughs> Gooding Jr. Is it Rod Tidwell Jr. or just Rod Tidwell? I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Who cares? Show me the money. All-time classic scene. Got to pull that up later. Okay, Eyes Wide Shut. Haven't seen it. Heard it's pretty sexy. I don't even really know the premise of that movie, but I know it's like like a sex party, something like that. I got a lot to look up here that I should have done before the show. And uh, you know what? I don't have to be the expert on everything. Sometimes I got to give myself the A-OK to not know everything. And just let, let's have this inspire further discussions here in the Beantown Metaverse. Okay, then there's Magnolia. Another one, never seen before. What's it about? I don't know. Is there a big twist? Beats me. I don't even know what genre that movie is, but everyone talks about it. Um, I feel like I got it from the library once and then never watched it. I got a lot. I got like an hour's worth of Wikipedia reading to do here just to understand like what the premise of each one of these films is that I haven't actually seen but know the name of. Okay, then perhaps the darkest of all dark spots on this list, Mission Impossible 2. That movie sucks. I never, I, it's one of my favorite franchises, and I never find myself saying like, oh, you know what I want to, you know what I want to watch? Mission Impossible 2. It's like an MTV movie. It's like this hot girl. She gets injected with something at the end. They have to save her, and they're in a helicopter. Who was that girl? I don't know. That movie blows, man. Okay, put this in the uh, Magnolia and Eyedwise Shut category, Vanilla Sky. I don't know what that's about. I know the song Vanilla Twilight by Owl City. You know who's in that music video? Shaquille O'Neal. And that's all I know about Vanilla Sky. Okay, I have seen uh, everything else on the list. Let's see. No, that's not right. It's going to be four or five more I haven't seen. (coughs) We're getting into like early 2000s now. Uh, One of my favorite uh, short stories and love the film, Minority Report, Philip K. Dick, rest rest his soul. Great movie, great premise. Um, Yeah, I read the short story once. It's super short. It's like 10 minutes. Um, I love uh, in the movie Neil McDonough, great actor, great villain from Justified. And I don't remember who's the main bad guy in Minority Report. Some old white guy, like Ian McKellen or something. I can't really recall. Great movie. Would love to watch it again. That's a Spielberg, right? Spielberg did Minority Report. I think that's right. Okay, this one, uh, the ultimate white savior movie. It's like they saw Dances with Wolves and said, you know what? Let's try that again. The Last Samurai. Is that based on a real story? I don't know. I, that would... That would take some of the sting out of it if it was based on a true story. But that movie is just like the most predictable can of corn, yada, yada, yada. And then Matt Damon did it again with that Great Wall movie. What the hell? Last Samurai is not worth watching. Okay, one of my favorite movies of all time. This is a top five, top ten movie for me in my lifetime. Collateral. Michael Mann... 
Jamie Foxx, Tom Cruise, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, right? Or is it someone? Uh, Carrie Washington? No, I think it's I think it's Jada. Jada Pinkett. I think that was before she was Jada Pinkett Smith. Just Jada Pinkett, and then Mark Ruffalo. I mean, it's a killer cast. Great story, cinematography spot on, music spectacular. Great, you know, blend of like, let's talk some philosophy while throwing in some action. You know, just a, a fantastic film. One of my all-time favorites. I haven't seen that one in two or three years, but just I have no complaints. Easily my favorite Tom Cruise movie for sure. Um, so that's right smack dab in the middle of the list. Highlight that one is number one for me. Uh, okay, War of the Worlds. This was another in, – uh, we got this on Instagram. Classic scene. Tom Cruise throws the peanut butter and jelly sandwich he was making for Dakota Fanning. Or maybe it's just peanut butter. Uh, she's allergic to peanuts. He doesn't know that. He's an absentee father. Throws it against the window. And then the classic scene with Tim Robbins. It kind of turns into a crazy guy in the basement. And uh, then the movie kind of just ends. So all-time classic, War of the Worlds. Mission Impossible 3, a very unique film. Definitely the start, kind of the start of the current status or state of the Mission Impossible franchise. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, man. Rest in peace. What a great performance. Very unnerving, very unsettling, great villain. Uh, really, really fun film. Uh Pretty pretty unique, like one, two, and three. I feel like they're all kind of unique, pretty different in how they're treated. Uh, but three really sets the stage for four, five, uh, six, and gosh, what what do we just do? We just did six, is that right? And now we're getting ready for seven and eight. I think that's right. Anyways, we'll get to those in a second here. Okay, another one, uh, Tropic Thunder, another Instagram uh, poll response. It's a great film. I think the first time I watched Tropic Thunder, I wasn't like watching it closely, and so I, it just kind of happened, and I really you know know what happened. But upon rewatches, yeah, it's an it's an all timer. I mean, Robert Downey Jr., Ben Stiller, Jack Black, just the three of those guys, and then there's so many other people in the movie like Tom Cruise. He dances at the end. Really weird film, but very the ultimate like meta film, right? They're making a movie within a movie. And my favorite, all, I still watch this from time to time, maybe once a year. The opening credits to Tropic Thunder, they're fake films. The ones I, I don't remember. I think there's, I actually might remember all of them. Because Jack Black does like a <coughs> Tyler Perry kind of parody sort of thing, right? Where he plays all the characters. And then um, Ben Stiller plays like the, you know, Kiefer Sutherland action hero kind of guy. It's like Firestorm or something like that. That's not what it is. That's a Seinfeld uh, name. But, you know, it's like Hal Freezed Over, Fire Fireball 6 or something. Excuse me. And then Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Tobey Maguire. They actually got Tobey Maguire to f- do this for their fake opening credits. They're playing like monks who are homosexual. It's pretty good. The fire's flickering. Okay, another one, a movie that I think doesn't get a lot of, like, love retrospectively, but I I liked it, Valkyrie, true story, real story, sad ending, worth watching for sure. Okay, this is maybe the third to last one on here I haven't seen, Night and Day, 
That's Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz, right? Saw a preview, came out, went to the Dollar Theater, went to DVD, went to Blu-ray, never saw it, never cared, never talked to anyone who saw it. I don't know. It happened. Mission Impossible 4. I saw this in the theaters with my family. This is really, I, I would say Mission Impossible 3 kind of laid the groundwork for the current state of the franchise. Mission Impossible 4 is the first one in the franchise that is like, this is how we're going to do it now. I just watched that maybe two months ago. Uh, of course, Tom Cruise, Jeremy Renner is in that one. Um, <coughs> Paula Patton, who is married to uh, Robin Thicke, you remember from Blurred Lines? You can still, I still can't believe this. You can still go on YouTube, watch the uncensored Blurred Lines music video with three models, including Emily Ratajkowski, who's pretty well known, uh, just walking around topless. I, man, if they had that, you know, right when YouTube was invented, when 10 year old Quinn was getting into the internet, would have been no stopping me. I don't really know how we got there, but that's Mission Impossible 4 Ghost Protocol. I like that one. This one where he climbs uh, Burj Khalifa. It's pretty solid. Uh, okay, uh, one one or two more here I haven't seen. Rock of Ages, that was the rock musical thing. Never seen it, no interest in it. I'm sure it's got a loaded cast, but it just it one of the things that kind of happened, and I didn't really care, and now it's over. Okay, a couple, a couple here that are kind of divisive, divisive. Jack Reacher. In fact, you know, this is further down the list, but let's throw Jack Reacher 2 in there as well. Now, a lot of people are watching the, the TV show they're making right now. Is that a prime thing, I think? Um, haven't seen the TV show. I've heard the TV show is good. Jack Reacher must be based off of a novel character. I'm not sure. Um, I saw the first Tom Cruise movie. Definitely did not see the second one. I think it's Jack Reacher Never Go Back, maybe. I thought it was good. Kind of, you know, Bond-esque. Not life-changing. I don't remember anything about it, but I think I enjoyed the two hours I spent watching it. And I can't speak for Jack Reacher 2. Oblivion. This one came out right around the time as another movie after Earth. I think they came out like the same time, and they were both apocalyptic films, post-apocalyptic films. And I don't remember anything about Oblivion. Um, I don't recall it being anything that special. I don't think it was a terrible movie. I think it was just kind of okay. <coughs> Edge of Tomorrow, give me a favorite star next to this one. I loved it. There's a sequel happening at some point, I think. Um, you know, the same kind of Groundhog Day source code kind of nonsense, but really fun. Emily Blunt was great. And uh, I, that's one I would, I would rewatch um, on this list here for sure because I don't recall, like, sitting down and watching it from start to finish. I've seen it multiple times, but I don't know if I've ever actually, like, Sat down and been like, okay, two hours watching Edge of Tomorrow. Mission Impossible 5, Rogue Nation. Different than Kid Nation. Although I'd love to see Tom Cruise be the host of a new season of Kid Nation. Um, I liked Rogue Nation. I don't remember that much about it except the opera scene. And then, I mean, I did like, uh, gosh, what's his name? Uh Rogue Nation cast. The British guy who plays the villain, Sean something. Rogue Nation, Sean. I was going to say Sean Hayes. That's not right. Sean Harris. Loved his, loved his role as a villain. Um, that was a good one. That, that one felt pretty Bond-esque. 
I don't I didn't like Rogue Nation as much as four and six is my all time favorite. But for me, Rogue Nation is right up there with one and three in terms of how much I, I liked it. Um, the Mummy. Never saw it. Couldn't do it after the uh, just bizarre trailer sound effect fiasco. No interest. Don't want to see it. Don't need to see it. I've never even seen the original Mummy with Brendan Fraser or The Mummy 2, The Mummy Returns, which may or may not be what it's called. I have no idea. But yeah, I never saw it. Didn't look interesting to me. Uh, another one I never saw, but I would watch, American Made. This is where he plays, I think this is a true story as well. He plays the pilot in the 80s, um, trafficking drugs for, what's his name? Pablo Escobar. Is that right? Pancho Villa. You know, one of those one of those South American folks. Uh, never saw it, but I do recall seeing the trailer and thinking, I think I'd enjoy this. But alas, it has not happened. Uh, we are almost at the end of the list, folks. MI6, <clears throat> Mission Impossible 6. Put this as 1B to my favorite collateral. Um, it, I, I think I've talked about it on the show here before. What more can you say? Mission Impossible Fallout, the greatest action movie I personally have ever seen. Um, just, I mean, it's so good. Henry Cavill, spectacular. There's so many memorable parts of that movie. The fight scene in the bathroom and the nightclub. The, uh, when they legitimately jump out of a plane and film it. And then, you know, they do all the CGI stuff with Henry Cavill getting knocked out and stuff. And then. You know, him landing without a parachute or whatever. It, it's, you know, it's, it's absurd, but it happened. Tom Cruise breaking his ankle and then using that shot in the final cut of the movie. And then the fucking helicopter chase. Tom Cruise learned to fly a helicopter just so he could do a crazy batshit stunt in this movie. Like, are you kidding? This movie is whatever's higher than gold standard, platinum standard. I, if you've never seen it, I'm telling you right now, carve out two hours out of your weekend. It's, there's nothing more to say. I mean, you got, and then you, you the classic cast too, Ving Rhames, uh, Benji, what's his name? Uh, you know, the guy from Shaun of the Dead, <coughs> Simon Pegg. Uh, you got um, Rebecca Ferguson comes back for this one. You've got that blonde lady, uh, Kirby, Vanessa Kirby who's going to be here for, uh, for installment number seven. Uh, the, the black lady who's like the head of the FBI, she's, uh, she's, she's very famous. M.I. Fallout cast. Uh, Baldwin, is he in this one too? Maybe not. I can't remember which, which one his, his last one. Um, and then Sean Harris comes back for sure. Angela Bassett, yeah. It's just... It's a Wolf Blitzer. I mean, what more could you ask for? This one is phenomenal. Isn't that the, uh, that's the Frank Caliendo, Jim Rowe impression. Phenomenal. I just realized we hit the hour mark, and I told you half an hour ago we weren't going to, and we did. So it happened. Uh, okay, Top Gun 2 we talked about last week. I, I thought it was good. It's what you would expect, but it was well done. Great action. It was fun. You know what? Not every movie you got to break down and say, I like this. This kind of didn't work for me, yada, 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 which I did last week. 
but it was fun, okay? And then they have released the like teaser trailer. It's not coming out for another 12 months. No, it's not, it's not Avatar 2, Way of Water. It's Mission Impossible 7, which is called um, something, 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 Dire Consequences or something, Part 1. So there's going to be a, you know, Dire Consequences Part 2. It's not called Dire Consequences. What is it called? M-I, Fateful Consequences, something like that. Kid Nation, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. That was close. Uh, so yeah, Dead Reckoning Part 1, Part 2. And I don't know what they're going to – it's going to be really hard to top Fallout because Fallout was just so special. Acting was great, and then the stunt pieces, the set pieces were just top tier, toppest of tiers. Okay, so, I mean, my favorites here, Collateral, all of the Mission Impossibles except for two, but certainly Mission Impossible Fallout <coughs> – um, and then there's, I mean, there's plenty here that I really need to see. Vanilla Sky, Magnolia, Eyes Wide Shut when I'm looking for a sexy time, Days of Thunder, Rain Man, of course, Cocktail. There's ones on here I don't ever want to see again. Risky Business. There's ones on here that, uh, oh, Last Samurai. Ones on here that uh, I probably never will see, and that's okay. Like The Mummy, Rock of Ages. But overall, I mean, this guy's crazy. But uh, he makes some damn good movies. And so this is just our uh, our tribute to Tom Cruise. Still going strong. I like Top Gun 2, and you better believe I will be front row for Mission Impossible 7 Dead Reckoning Part 2 coming out summer 2023. Guys, I went longer than I wanted to. I apologize. I started talking about Tom, and I just got carried away. Uh, that's all I got to say for you. I'm I'm exhausted. About to go into a coughing fit. That should be fun. But I'll spare you that. That's what I have for you. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, what's your favorite Tom Cruise movie? If you didn't get in on the Instagram poll, uh, we'll have more in the future. I'm at Q.QueenD. Uh, follow me on Twitter at WhiteBuns with a Z. The show is at BeantownCast. You can find our podcast on Player FM. Not CastBox yet. I have to do that manually. About four years behind. BeantownPodcast.com, Apple Podcast, Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. The occasional YouTube. That's what I got for you. Let's cue up our outro music. Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for supporting. Happy summer, everyone. Hope you're having a good time wherever you're at. Enjoy a nice cold whiskey. Because my name's Quinn, and I will check in on you next time. Bye, everyone. <laughs>